Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Great shot, score. What a beautiful move. Deep back in, went back to the forehand. And welcome back, Connor. His sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chet. Well, welcome aboard. The Raptors in action tonight. Not looking good late in the third quarter. Indiana up 86-73. Big game five there. The series is tied 2-2. And the Blue Jays taking on the White Sox tonight after four. It is 1-0 for Chicago. We'll keep you updated on those games. No NHL action this evening. Tomorrow, there'll be game one. Game one of a second-round series and game seven of a first-round series. Anaheim and Nashville will decide their series tomorrow night. Western Hockey League Conference Finals continue this evening. Red Deer home to Brandon, and Seattle will host Kelowna. We'll have updates on those ones as we move along. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. It is 6.07. Here is who you will hear from tonight. In one hour from now, Eskimos head coach Jason Moss will join us as uh, he's back from the mini camp in Florida, taking a look at some players there. He has his quarterback under contract for the next three years. We'll catch up with Coach Moss in about 30 minutes. Jason Chimera on the program, winger with the Washington Capitals, enjoyed a 20-goal season at the age of 36 this year with the Washington Capitals. And now the Caps getting set to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins in round two. That series will start on Thursday. And John Ryan will join us, Super Bowl champion from a couple of years ago, punter for the Seattle Seahawks. Haven't talked to him in a couple of years. It'll be good to have John back on the show. We'll also talk to Serge Lejoie, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. He was with Ken. Canada's U18 team at that tournament in North Dakota. And this is going to be interesting a little later on tonight. Marion Duesberg on the show, co-owner. This came up on the program a couple weeks ago. We have Eric Johnson on the show periodically, Edmonton actor who is currently filming the Fifty Shades of Grey sequels. Uh, I think they're called the Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Darkest. Is that, is that what the third one is called? Fifty Shades Unchained? Something like that. If you've read the books and know the title, you can text in a 63630. Uh, so Eric Johnson uh, is, spends his time basically usually between Edmonton, uh, New York, he, when he was working on the Nick, Toronto, and Vancouver. And when he's in Vancouver, he's a huge Oilers fan, he goes to a place called the Black Frog. And he brought this up in the interview. We, we had him on last week or the week before. And the Black Frog is an Oilers bar in Vancouver. 
So we have one of the owners on the show to find out how that happened. That's uh, a little bit later on. That'll be fun. Okay, uh, I mentioned the text line is 630-630. You can also call in whenever you like, 780-496-0063. Get me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, and the email is insidesports at 630ched.com. Our studio producer this evening, the indefatigable. Wow. Kennedy. Kellen, how's it going, old boy? That's a $50 word, isn't it? That is straight out of the $50 jar. Booyah. Booyah. Uh, So (laughs) before we get rolling with some other stuff here, we we should... Did you hear the Dan Boyle stuff today, buddy? I saw a transcript of it, but I haven't heard the clip, so I'm looking forward (laughs) to hearing this. Must have been fun to read it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Everything's better in transcript form if you have the patience to read some stuff. This one wouldn't be too long to read. We have the actual audio, I hope, with everything bleeped out. Like I said, I we're, haven't heard it yet sure, at all. We're pretty so. sure everything's been bleeped <laughs> okay. out. So Larry Brooks is the writer for, well, before we get to the Boyle stuff, Larry Brooks is the writer for the New York Post, covers the Rangers, and he has a history of annoying some people associated with the Rangers, such as former Rangers head coach John Tortorella. Should one of their guys have taken a third man in? I'm not going to answer any questions from you. You're not? No. Oh, good. Yeah. I'll speculate. You speculate and be as sarcastic as you can be, as you usually are. I will. Go right ahead. Good. Did, uh, should one of you guys have taken a third man in? I said I'm not taking your an- answering any of your questions. No. Have you ever fought before? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Why? Are you challenging me now? No, no, I'm not okay. challenging you. Okay. You know, Red Redden, Redden sticks up for his teammates the other night. Yeah. And you come come out with some sarcastic article. It was funny. It was funny? Yeah. Well, you know what? You were probably beat up in the bus stop most of the time. I think so, huh? <laughs> Next. Johnny McClain? You should ask him. Are you answering my questions or what? I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. You get that through your head? I guess so. Yeah. It's time to waste some time. Oh, then get the f- out of here. Then. I am. Okay, see ya. All right, so that, that's some of the, uh, the, the, those are the famous exchanges between Larry Brooks and, uh, and John Tortorella. Classic stuff. Oh, yeah, classic <laughs> stuff. It's beautiful. All right, so today, Dan Boyle, Rangers, likely going to retire. They're doing their locker clean-out, garbage bag day, whatever you want to call it. And defenseman Dan Boyle is getting ready to do his media scrum, and that's where all the media people gather around him and stick their microphones in and, and fire away and ask questions. So Dan Boyle trying to take control of who is and isn't involved in that. Here we go. So I don't want you to stay on Perfect, perfect. I want you out of here. Nobody likes you. Nobody respects you. Just so you know, at least I'm leaving here with the respect of my teammates. Somebody like you that tries to bury somebody. That's all you do. Nice critique. Not a critique, but I'm just telling you, I don't want you here. I have no respect for you. I want you to get the out. I don't care. Well, I can tell you to get the out if I want to. You can. I don't have to listen. Yeah, you do. Okay, guys. I want him out and the other clown, Brett, or whatever his name is. Where's he at? We're done, guys. We're done. I, everyone else is fine. No, we're done. We're done. You know, if you'd ask me politely, I might. Well, politely? Why would I be polite with you? Are you kidding me? Stop. Just, uh, no, just leave. I just don't. I, we don't need. Grow up. <laughs> grow up. I just want you to leave. That's all. Well, I'll walk over here. See. I just want you to leave. I don't want I to see you. We're going through this. I'm not leaving. I, is it not my right? All right. So that. 
That was the uh, uh, Brett uh, Brett Sergalis, the other guy who tweeted today. Response to Dan Boyle: I did my job. Not sure he ever did his. <laughs> Ouch. So, so uh, yes, uh, Larry Brooks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... People. Another uh, somebody else on Twitter wrote. Uh, Dan Boyle, just the latest to be reminded that the great Larry Brooks was here long before him and will be here long after. Good riddance. So <laughs> those are just a couple uh, reactions on, on Twitter there. Larry Brooks apparently rubs people the wrong way, Kellen Kennedy. I, I guess. I, I I had thought it was just a Brooks versus Torts uh, rivalry. No, but I guess he irritates it's... people. Oh, does he? He, okay. he, 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 he? I've never met I've never met the man, actually, but I just know from reading and following other stuff. One of those people that uh, can get under players and coaches' skins, perhaps. And Dan Boyle, hmm. leaving town? Yep, might as well. A bit of a parting shot. Nothing to lose. <laughs> Nothing to lose, right? Nothing to lose. Can't, oh. really, can't really get in trouble for it. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, so, this, so there you go. Uh, Mark testing and he says, did you see what Brooks said for the Rangers to look at trading with the Oilers? One of the $6 million guys and the first round pick for Ryan McDonough and Mark says to that no way and uh yeah one of the six million dollar guys and a first for Ryan McDonough uh I don't know seems like a little little much to me but uh you know hey look Larry Brooks is a columnist it's his job to get people to read them and to talk about them that's happening today though not because of something he wrote directly because well, I guess it direct, stuff you wrote directly caused caused Boyle to get mad and, and melt off today. But uh, anyway, sometimes that happens. It's it's happened to me as a media guy. Players don't always like you or, or or like your questions. No one's ever lashed out at me to that extent, though. I will say, Kellen Kenny, that that stuff is pretty unusual. Fifty Shades Freed is apparently the third book in the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. All right. Aren't they? Isn't there a fourth one coming out now? A hundred shades of gray. I think so, something like that. It's just, it's, it's. I'm still waiting for the remakes of the of the girl with the dragon tattoo series to keep going on because I watched the Swedish films; they were great, and I saw the the remake with Daniel Craig in it, and it was awesome. But you know, the next Are, is that the out. same type of content as Fifty Shades of Gray? What made that connect not, in your not mind? Not really. There, there's that one is kind of more murder mystery. Try to figure out who done it. Right, stuff. and Fifty Shades is is bondage. Sure, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Sure. Might as well call so, it for calling it. All right. Again, you know, I don't. I I love you, Kel. I just don't know how your mind works. Oh all the time. no, I'm it's just, just it's interesting. Know, I'm. Talking, you know, trilogies I want to go see. And here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna take, we're gonna take a quick timeout, and uh, then we're gonna come back with some Oilers thoughts, and, and we're going to talk about youth and the importance of building around Connor McDavid and doing it ASAP. It's six sixteen. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, so the uh, Raptors trying to fight back. They're down 90-83 to Indiana. Eight and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Game five of that series, which is tied 2-2. The White Sox blowing it open here in the top of the fourth. They now lead the Blue Jays 
uh, pardon me, the top of the fifth, three in the top of the fifth, White Sox up 4 nothing on Toronto. Inside Sports on 630, Chad, you can text 630-630, the phone number is 780-496-0063. So the draft lottery is coming up on Saturday, 630, Chad's coverage will begin at 5, uh, we'll have all the results for you, we'll have a reaction Take your calls, all that kind of stuff. The Oilers will draft somewhere between first and fifth. And and you've probably seen on the Internet or you've gone to that lottery simulator site that the uh, Oilers, the most likely scenario is for them to pick fourth. There's a 35.2% chance of the Oilers picking fourth. But the thing is the odds will be in flux after each pick. So the first team will be drawn. That will affect everybody else's odds. But if you, as of right now, without any of the picks having been made, any of the lottery balls having fallen, the Oilers 13.5 to get the first pick, 13.1 for the second pick, 12.5 for third, 35.2 for fourth, and 25.8 for fifth. Obviously, they cannot fall out of the top five. Uh, JR texting in, he says, can our pick get us Colton Pareko? Is that crazy talk? Well, I mean, look, Colton Pareko had a great season. Looks like he's got a bright future. He was drafted 86th overall. I, I you know, I don't know if you're trading a top five pick for a uh, guy who's going to be 23 in a couple weeks. You know, you know like, the, you know, that's... The Oilers are going to have a pretty valuable pick here. And nothing against Pareko, but I think if you're you're trading it, you're you're doing even better than that. That's that's how I look at that. Um I was thinking about Connor McDavid and, and building this team around McDavid and, and make no mistake, he's obviously the centerpiece of the team now. And the first of the Oilers' four first overall picks was Taylor Hall, who has now played six seasons in the NHL without really ever being even close to playing a playoff game. The Oilers were in a playoff spot with 12 games left in the lockout-shortened season. And then, uh, you know, they only won a couple of games the rest of the way. So I was thinking about the Blackhawks losing and, and a lot of people speculating, saying, well, that's it for the Blackhawks. Their window is closed. They got a lot of money tied up in a few guys. It's going to be hard for them to to build around them with, with depth players. And uh, we'll see, because I think the players they have can still be very good. Will they win the Cup again? Well, maybe maybe their window of being an elite franchise, you know, a, a top-tier contender every year, maybe that is closed. Maybe they're a second-tier team from now on where they kind of go got to go on a magical run to win the Cup. We'll see what their roster looks like next season. I, I was thinking, though, about, you know, people saying, and, and I agree with it, Taylor Hall's first six seasons have, to some extent, been wasted. That's a third of his career if he plays 18 years just down the tubes more than that if he winds up playing 14 or 15. And I started looking at when players reach their career high in points. So not when their team is the best, not when they're necessarily the best all-around player, but if you're a high draft pick and, and, and you're a highly touted player coming out of junior, it's it's usually because of your offensive ability, right? So... The the seven guys who are identified as those those quote unquote generational players, I want to start by focusing on them. Bobby Orr 
had 139 points at the age of 22. That was his career high at 22. Guy Lafleur had 136 points at the age of 25. Lafleur was 25. Remember, he got off to a bit of a slow start in his career. Wayne Gretzky, 215 points at the age of 25, his career high. Mario Lemieux, 199 points at the age of 23, career high at the age of 23. Eric Lindros, career high, 115 points at the age of 22. And Sidney Crosby, 120 points, career high at the age of 19. So what do we have there for the ages? 19, 22, 22, 23, 25, and 25. Connor McDavid is 19. Based on the set of players that he belongs to, the generational talents, you can make a reasonably safe assumption that Connor McDavid will have his most productive offensive season within the next five years. It'll happen within the next five years. Now, I think it's also a safe bet to say he's going to be a very productive player after that window. But, as we see here, the offensive guys often reach their offensive peak in their early 20s. It's not true for everybody. The Sedins peaked at 29 and 30, Henrik and Daniel respectively. But Stamkos, so far, best season at the age of 21. Tavares, so far, best season at the age of 24. Taylor Hall, best season so far. He's still young, but his best season so far at the age of 22. So it's not unrealistic, and and perhaps it is most likely it is most likely that Taylor Hall, or that Connor McDavid, has his best offensive season, his highest point total in the next three to five years. And the Oilers have to take it. They cannot wait. They cannot wait for other guys to grow. They can't go with a total youth movement because that would be another mistake to do that again. The Raptors, by the way, have tied the game at 92 with six and a half minutes left. Um, People asking if there are two other teams in the lottery. There are not two other teams in the lottery, but the Oilers can drop to fifth, by the way. Okay, They're drawing three teams. If neither the Leafs nor the Oilers are drawn, the Leafs would drop to fourth and the Oilers would drop to fifth. That's why the Oilers have a chance of finishing fifth. Okay, If the Oilers aren't drawn in the top three, they're, they're going to pick outside of the top three. Then it depends where the Leafs are drawn. Just to clarify those texts that are coming in. So... Now, the support players that the Oilers need to add, here's the interesting thing. I I think that they need to be, hopefully, 25 to 30. But Craig Simpson earlier today on Oilers Now made this point. One thing I'm really noticing so much in this year's playoffs is the change of how rosters are built now and i think this year bob to me doing the first round of the playoffs it's more evident that you know the top teams because of the salary cap are having to have some trust in some younger players and guys who in the past wouldn't even get a chance to play in the national hockey league are now 
pretty good contributors. You look at the Pittsburgh Penguins with Brian Rust and Connor Sheary and uh, Tom uh, Kunackle. Yep. Yeah, you're you're looking at guys that you have to fit guys in your lineup that aren't making three, four million dollars and that have a lot to prove and are in the development system. And, you know, Chicago is a prime example. Year after year, you have to change your team over when you win. You need some young guys coming up. Uh, the Philadelphia series that I just did uh, on the back end, you, you're forced to play guys in higher roles. And I look at a guy even that you wouldn't have known, Brandon Manning, a defenseman who, you know, played pretty well. I, I think Brandon Davidson falls into that role right. with the Edmonton Oilers. And I think what teams are finding now is the game has changed so much. You have to trust some of those young guys to come up and play. And they might not be... Um, star players even at the American League, but guys can find if they're smart, if they can skate, if they can think and make some plays. I, I think that's the way this next five to seven years is going to go under the current environment of, of the way the salary cap is. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. The thing is, I don't know if the Oilers have cheap, well, they have cheap young players. I don't know if they have adequate cheap young players to support building around McDavid. Some more thoughts on that and Jason Chimera from the Washington Capitals when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Wow, the, what a quarter by the Raptors. 98-92. They lead Indiana with three and a half minutes left in the game. It was not looking good for Toronto. They have outscored the Pacers, get this, 21-2 in the fourth quarter. 21-2 in the fourth quarter. Pivotal to the Raptors' season. They now have a six-point lead with 3.26 to go. The series is tied 2-2. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS. Today, the Blue Jays down 4-0 to the White Sox. That is in the bottom of the sixth. No NHL tonight. They'll get back at it with a couple of games tomorrow. Reed Wilkins with you. You can text in to 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Bob says, do you think... If the Oilers were successful to get the number one pick, that they would consider trading with Phoenix for Ekman Larson and another player. Well, here's the thing, though: the Arizona Coyotes have said Ekman Larson is not going to be moved. So I don't, I don't really know if that's something that's going to be on uh, on the table. Uh, Step says, uh, Reed, you're talking about competent young players, so the Oilers shouldn't be trading any draft picks then also need to draft competently. Well, I don't yeah, I don't know about I don't think they're going to trade if they're in the top three. If they if they hold in the top three, I don't think they're going to trade one of those picks. Mike in St. John's. Good to hear from you, Mike. He says, Reed, it's an absolute to build around Connor McDavid now and make him want to be an Oiler long term. What happens if he if he becomes a restricted free agent and signs an offer sheet from the Leafs? What kind of message would this send to the Oilers organization? Finally, what are your thoughts on the Subban chatter? Uh, I'd rather the Oilers move out Nugent Hopkins and Eberle for Barry and Votnin, even if Clefbaum has to be included. I really don't want to move Hall. He still has a role to play with Connor. Well, I've t- I mean, uh, first of all, what happens if Connor McDavid signs a, an offer sheet with another team? Well, I assume the Oilers will try to extend him next summer 
right? You got to wait till he's been through two years to extend him. Uh, and if it, here's the thing: the, the the team still controls that player, even if he signs an offer sheet. I, I would assume we'll see how the next two years go. You would think the Oilers would match any any offer sheet that they have. I mean, Shea Weber signed an offer sheet with the Philadelphia Flyers, so he was willing to become a Flyer. Well, he still plays for Nashville. He's not just putting in time because he was willing to go to the Flyers. So, I mean, things happen. Yeah, the Subban stuff, I, I, it just surprises me, again, that, that Montreal might consider trading a player of that caliber. I, I know, well, he's too flamboyant. He's, he's, he's the, you know, the, the divisive in the locker room, all that kind of stuff. I just, I just think if you have a player that good, you 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 figure out a made a to a way to make it work, and if the Oilers are are in there, if the Oilers were to be in there with Subban, I mean it's it's Hall, it, the Hall would have to go the other way. There's there's it, there's nobody else. Uh, Armswar says any D trades would be dumb for the other GM in the trade. Ha ha. <laughs> that is from uh, Armswar. Well, often tra- trades in a, the Edmonton market benefit the Oilers. I, I learned that pretty pretty quickly, Kellen, uh, as you know. And, uh, oh, uh, Mike also said, I'd rather the Oilers move out Nuge and Eberle for Barry and Votnin, even if Clefbaum has to be included. I, I like Votnin. Well, I mean, Barry, Barry's really good. I like Votnin a lot. I like Votnin a lot. Uh, if the Oilers could get him. Here's here's the thing about Everly, and, and look, you've you've heard me say it on this show. I, I would it wouldn't surprise me if Everly was the guy to go, given the way Shirelli has built teams in the past. Um, but is Jordan Everly a six million dollar player? He was for one year. He was for one year. Is he quite a six million dollar player? The way he plays night after night, the way we've seen him for the last two or three seasons. I don't think so. So, th- so that could be a factor. I assume this texture is joking. Hey, Reed, give me your top five teams that win the draft lottery. <laughs> what do you think? And I'll text mine in. <laughs> I think that texture knows my feelings about predicting the draft lottery. Okay, my top five teams to win the draft lottery in order. Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, Columbus, and Calgary. I'll go along with the joke because those are the teams with the five best odds to win the draft lottery. <laughs> uh, Topher Allen says, as long as Clefbaum isn't included in a trade, I'm fine with it. Oh, Topher Allen. He's even taking shots at Bob Stoffer on uh, a show that doesn't include Bob Stoffer. Ah. <laughs> uh. Here, I got a question for you, for Oilers fans. I, here, here's an interesting question. Okay, go ahead. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought I would ask this. Hmm. Who would you sooner part with, Davidson or Clefbaum? Oh, don't make me pick. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess Clefbaum because he would, in my opinion, he'd give us a, a bigger upside coming back. You would think because he's got better name value than Davidson. Davidson, you want to keep because Davidson's just starting to to come along, right? So. Clefbaum's got a little bit of name value behind him. Teams kind of see what he does. Well, Clefbaum was drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. Davidson was a sixth rounder. Clefbaum yeah. has the higher ceiling than Davidson. Mm-hmm. But Davidson sure grabbed it this year. Oh. When he had the chance. By far. 
by far and away. Absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're saying who would you sooner as as much as everybody fell in love with Davidson this year, if you're asking yourself who do you more want to be a long term Oiler, don't you have to say Clefbaum? Yeah. yeah. But you're right. Maybe he. I mean, here's the thing: Would you have to trade Hall and Clefbaum for Subban, and then maybe a lesser forward coming back the other way to the Canadians? Mm. Or would you have to trade Hall and Nurse for Subban and a lesser forward? Yeah. I mean, look, if if Subban is an Edmonton Oiler, becomes an Edmonton Oiler, it's Hall mm-hmm. going the other way. Yeah. And then maybe there are other pieces to the deal that fall into place. Uh, the Big Swede says, chemistry in the locker room is more important than you think. Well, I don't argue with that. I, I, I mean, I know it's important, but Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. And Morley Scott and I always joke about this. You know, a team will pick up a guy and people will say, well, he's good in the room. Okay. What's he like on the ice? I mean, there's a point where I, I, I understand you need that it's helpful for teams to get along and know that teammates are there for each other. And, and I guess... I guess the thing is, would you sooner have a guy who's who can be a jerk and is a really good player, or would you sooner have a great teammate, but he can't accomplish anything on the ice? P.K. Subban accomplishes a lot on the ice. The, to me, there's no doubt about that. I, I know, you know, Bob and I talked about him on Friday when Bob was on Inside Sports. And Bob made the point he's probably not one of the top five or six defensemen in the game because he's not quite at the level defending as a Keith or a Doughty, but he's certainly 6-12 to 12 wherever Bob put him. He's certainly way better than anything the Oilers have, right? So I, I guess your, your thoughts on, on chemistry and all that kind of stuff. Look, I think it's important. I think guys have to get along. To an extent, they they want to. I mean, I, here's the thing. Maybe I'm putting that wrong. Guys don't necessarily have to get along, but they want to have to play for each other. So if if PK Subban is creating a situation where Canadians players don't want to play hard for him, then okay, maybe that's an issue. If he just rubs people the wrong way, but they all still bust their butt for each other, that's a different situation. All right. Here's what we're going to do. 6.42, we have to take a timeout. Jason Chimera, Edmonton native from the Washington Capitals, coming up next. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. This is beginning to be serious. Used to be All right, Raptors up. 196. Uh-oh. Just as I say that, Indiana gets a three-pointer. It's 199 for Toronto with 13.9 seconds left. Tight game. Still, uh, or sorry, now 6-0 for the White Sox leading the Blue Jays. That's in the top of the seventh. No NHL tonight. Couple of games coming up tomorrow. And then on Thursday, the Washington Capitals will open up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pleased to be joined by Washington Capitals forward Edmonton native Jason Chimera. Jason, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, always good to have uh, you guys call. So uh, thanks for having me. 
Yeah, right on. Well, and congratulations on uh, getting the first-round series victory. Take me through that one a little bit. It, it, it looked like you guys were on the verge of, of sweeping it, and then obviously Philadelphia was able to extend it. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell us what it was like riding through the ups and downs of that series. Yeah, no, we played uh, – our power play kind of carried us through the first three games there, and, you know, we got some big goals, and we were up 3 uh, nothing, and then you knew, you knew they were going to win uh, one in their building. Kind of it was one of those things that, uh, you know, the owner passing away, they wanted to win one for the fans. And after all that happened in game three, it was kind of like the writing on the wall. They, were, they, they came out hard, and uh, we didn't play very good in game four. And then game five, we played really good. And uh, Newbers kind of stole the show in game five, and in game six, we kind of wrapped it up. So uh, it was a hard series. They, they played well, and it was just nice to get nice to get through that for sure. What what was that third game like with all the emotion of the Ed Snyder stuff before the game? You guys had nine power plays and all those bracelets or whatever they were being yeah. thrown on the ice. Was that kind of surreal? Yeah, it was crazy. It was like uh, back in uh, back in the old days when you used to play things get thrown on the ice, and it was just uh, um, their fans got a penalty. So it was uh, it was some a lot of stuff I've never seen before. And so, but. Um, yeah, they're uh, they got the I think they got carried away there, and uh, their team got a little bit carried away and cost them. So I think they um, they they regrouped for Game Four though they played really well and they eventually took it to Game Six. And then, so it was, uh, but that was that was a unique game for sure. <laughs> Had you ever been in a game where the fans got a penalty before? I've never been in a fans. No, they they warned them once too. They warned the and the announcers. Well, you did it now, guys. You got a penalty. So it was pretty. It was pretty comical on our side. I don't think it was so funny on their side, but we were we were just laughing on the bench because we never. I don't think any of us has ever has, has ever seen anything like that. So it was it was pretty. It was a unique. It was a unique thing for sure in the playoffs. You never see something like that. But you, you see fans are you, they get in it, but you never see them get a penalty. That's for sure. I, I got to ask you about your goaltender this uh, this season. And I mean, Braden Holtby played 66 games. He got 48 wins. And I, I've never seen a team win the Stanley Cup without at least above, above average goaltender. And I know that's where you guys are, are, are hoping to get. What's it been like sort of seeing Holtby over the last few years and now hit the level that he's at? Well, he's from Lloyd, so we claim him as an Alberta boy. So he's a, you know, he's a pretty down-to-earth kid and he's, a, he's he earns everything he's got and he's very He's a he's a lot calmer than when he first started. And he's a he's a lot calmer and that makes makes saves look so easy. Uh, he rebounds he rebounds better than anyone from losses I've ever seen as a goaltender. So he's uh, he doesn't let his play slide too much. If he has a bad game, he'll bounce right back at it. He's uh, you know I, and you know he tied the record with a lot less games played too. And I think we we kind of crapped the bed for him at the season end because we we had really nothing to play for. So guys weren't. You know, they maybe took a couple games off here and there, and it didn't play play as good for him as we should have. You know, for the record, and you know, it was it was great that he tied it uh, for sure, and he he deserved it because he's he's been a Vezina Trophy you know candidate, and in my eyes, the winner this year for sure, the whole season for us. Yeah, well, I, I certainly think he's he's definitely the favorite to uh, to get the Vezina this season. Uh, I know Kuznetsov led your team in scoring with seventy seven points, but Alexander Ovechkin comes through with another. 50 goal season and I was talking to one of your uh, your media analysts Alan May about Ovechkin last night this guy's a couple seasons removed from a year where he went minus 35 and uh, you know a lot of people said well he can score but he can't play defense but he was you know a plus player again this year scored a lot of big goals for you guys and um you know, he he just seems to uh, whenever there's whenever there are critics he seems to be able to keep silencing them 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you watched Game Six at all when we were playing there in, in Philly, but I, I, I said to him after the game that was one of the best games he ever played without scoring three or four goals, and he just dominated the game. He was forechecking, he was hitting, he was cycling the puck, he was playing defense. It was uh, without him ever like scoring goal that's the best I've ever seen him play, and, and just little things like that. He's learned to he can make impact on game in different ways if he's not scoring. He can make an impact game physically. You know, the first first shift he runs over Dawson's bear, and it is like. It just all boils down. It's just one of those things that he's he's he could do it in so many ways, and I think he kind of had to rewrite himself after that year for sure. He, he was biased. A lot of critics, a lot of people, like oh, you you know, you never win a cup with that guy. And he takes this stuff personally. He wants to he wants to win as bad as anybody. And he has to kind of rewrite the way he plays and and kind of refine himself defensively as a player, and then maybe you know get his game more well rounded. And he's he's come a long way as a as a leader, as a teammate, and just over, as an overall player for sure. And, you know, he's just, you know, he's one of those guys we look to for, for, for the big moments, and he's, he's always seems to come through. So, you know, it's good, it's good to have uh, game breakers and game changers like that on our team. Have you guys, do you think, come a long way as a team in your ability to handle adversity, handle a team throwing a punch back like Philadelphia? I mean, you know, a lot of people still reference the, the 2010 Capitals team that, that lost to the Canadians in, in the first round. And I know that was a long time ago, but people make yeah. that connection. Has this team grown and developed, you know, and then they're better handled, better able to handle the ups and downs of the playoffs? Yeah, I think no offense, but I think the only people that keep bringing that up as the media, I think we're eternally <laughs> business to – one of those things that we're we're a totally different bunch of guys. Totally, a lot of guys have matured since then. That's you know five years ago for sure. And, and guys have grown up a lot and learned a lot over the years. And you know you learn a lot by losing in, in the playoffs. You learn a lot how what what you need to do, how you how you need to you know just take care of yourself at night and save your energy for games. And you know in a lot of a lot of times you you know don't have naps in the afternoon, but some guys have naps in the afternoon just to kind of reset yourself and get get to rest when you can. Because mentally it, it's it's one of the only to, you know during the season it's a long grind and sometimes mentally you're not there and the playoffs you have to be there or else you're out pretty quickly so mentally you're in it the whole game and you find yourself a little more tired than usual after games and I think we've kind of you know reinvented ourselves that way guys have done a better job of knowing how to win in different situations and not let losses pile up and and you know I never met a team right now that hates you know we hate to lose more than we like to win so that's a you know that's a good thing for our team we're we're you know, we've got a long way to go. You guys realize that, but we're, we're on our way for sure. Edmonton native Jason Chimera joining us on Inside Sports, plays for the Washington Capitals. Jason, just a couple more for you here. What does it mean to you personally to have a 20-goal season at the age of 36? Yeah, I, you know, I was at 19 for a bit there, and, and uh, I think the, tw- the, the number two looks better in, in front of the, in, in the one for sure, I think, uh, you know, I, I did have a very, you know, a tough season for me last year. A coaching change, and we didn't, you know, me and, uh, you know, Trotsky's in CII for a bit there. And I think uh, towards the end of the and towards the end of the year, we kind of understood each other a little more. And and this year, we kind of got a bigger role, playing a power play a bit. And you know, it means a lot. I, I don't want to become stale. I want to be. I still want to play in this league for a long time. And you know, you look at you look at guys like Yager and stuff like that. They're still playing and still playing high caliber. But I don't want to be playing just to play. I want to be. I want to play, and make a difference. And you know, I want to. I want to play this game as long as possible for sure, and you still want to prove that you got it. You still prove you can score goals. And I mean, there's no better league for sure. It's a, it's a, it's, it's awesome coming to the rink every day, and you're play, you're playing the game you love for a living, and you want to make that last as long as possible. That's for sure. 
All right, and, and finally, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And again, the headlines will be uh, about the guys whose names are above the title, right? Ovechkin and Crosby. But, but the Penguins, in my mind, probably a different team in the second half of the season than they were in the first half. Uh, how do you look at your opponent here? Oh, for sure. They, their second half was, uh, I think they were probably the, maybe the, if not the best team in the league or record, record-wise they were anyway. It was one of those teams that, you know, they – they had some young guys get called up from the from the AHL. They came with Sullivan up there, like Sherry, and and you got a guy like Rust, and you know, and you got a guy like Kunak over that played really well for him. And you got another older guy, Cullen, that's been playing really well for him too. So, um, and you got the depth players there that played really well. So, we got, we we feel we got a deep team. They got a deep team too. So I think it's going to come down to, you know, it's a, it's one of those things that the you know, third and fourth liners get it done this series. You know, you're always going to get goals from your we're good players, but the third or fourth line guys like me, myself, and you got to come through for the team. And it's going to be it's going to be a tight check series, and it's going to be fun. Anytime you get Ovi and, and Crosby together, it's 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 made for TV moments, and it's just uh, it's 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 awesome to be part of for sure. You see you know rivalry nights every night, and when you play against each other, it seems like they always get more hyped up to play against each other. So it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be pretty good, pretty good TV, pretty good to play. Well. It's going to be fun. Jason, we wish you all the best, and uh, hopefully we're doing this again in a couple of weeks, talking about an Eastern Conference final series ahead for you guys. That would be nice. Right on. Thanks for joining us. That is Jason Chimera from the Washington Capitals speaking very highly of uh, Braden Holtby of Alexander Ovechkin. He says Holtby rebounds from losses better than any goaltender he's ever seen. Said Ovechkin maybe played his best game ever without scoring a goal in Game 6 against the Philadelphia Flyers. And he said, hey, didn't uh, didn't start off well for Chimera with Coach Barry Trotz, but much better season this year. And Chimera, again, you know, at the age of 36, 20 goals, 20 assists for a pretty solid 40-point season. Quite a finish in Toronto. The Pacers made a three-pointer at the buzzer. They go to replay, and Solomon Hill did not release it in time. It was still touching his fingertips when the clock went to zero. The basket does not count. The Raptors beat Indiana 102-99 to take a 3-2 series lead in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, the Raptors outscore the Pacers 25-9. Remarkable fourth quarter. All right. Uh, a couple texts to 630-630. Electrician says, Am I the only one who gets the feeling that Taylor Hall ticks his teammates off and has a bit of an attitude too? Electrician, I can tell you you're not the only one who has that feeling because I get texts like that all the time. And I feel like we've addressed them ad nauseum. Uh, Jillian says, Hey, Reed, here's my view as your beautiful Montrealer living in Edmonton. Number one, I don't hear anyone speculating about a Subban to the Oilers trade outside of Edmonton. Number two, I wouldn't want to be in the Canadians organization if they trade Subban. Habs fans will be beyond furious. And you really don't want to make Quebecers angry. That being said, a trade as dumb as that can only be made by the Habs. And Jillian says, I love and respect Hall and would hate to see him go. But I'd be happy if he goes to my other favorite team. Seriously, though, trade Subban and Montreal might burn down. That is from Jillian, a Montrealer living in Edmonton. Another texter says, Clefbaum's contract, no way you trade him. Hall neither. And uh, somebody else, uh, Neil, says, Hey, Reed, regarding your comment about Everly not being worth $6 million, 
So do you think that Hall or Nugent Hopkins are worth $6 million a year? I think Hall is. I think Nugent Hopkins could be, but not the way he played this past season. Short answer there. Tell you what. Your new head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss, is coming up after the 7 o'clock news. You will also hear from Seattle Seahawk, the punter, John Ryan, all the next hour of the show. Coming up on 658 Inside Sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.